Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we will be interviewing Most Worshipful Brother, Barry Birch. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. Back to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. I'm Matt Apple. I'm a past district deputy here in the Grand Lodge of Washington, which is a description which also suits uh, David Colbeth. And we we also have with us our one of our usual hosts, Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung, who's a past master up in British Columbia. And our special guest this evening, Most Worshipful Brother Barry Birch, who is the past Grand Master of the Ancient Free and Accepted Masons of British Columbia and the Yukon. Welcome, Most Worshipful Sir. Thank you. Um, good evening. Uh, good evening, brethren. Thank you for um, having me on again. So we, um, I, I will volunteer some work for David here right off the bat and say we, uh, we were uh, sent an email uh, with a, a document that Most Worshipful Brother Barry had written, which I'm sure David will provide in the show notes so that our, our faithful listeners can, <laughs> can read along. But um, I guess so the document is titled Senior Grand Warden Observations to Date. We're all in this together. So I guess my first question to you, Most Worshipful Sir, is uh, how did this document come to be? Were you, is it a talk you gave or is it just a, some thoughts you had? Well, yeah, th thank you. Uh, well, this was a, a paper that uh, I, was, I, was, I was asked to do a presentation uh, at uh, a uh, Masonic Enlightenment series uh, here in uh, Vancouver, BC. And I was trying to think about um, how can you inspire the brethren? Uh, how can we get people to, th to start from the inside out, you know, build, build the craft from inside, project it to others, improve your lodge, get your district going online and eventually uh, improving how Grand Lodge operates. And so I came up with this, the concept was really three things is, was the concept. This was the idea that kept running through my head. Three, as you know, is a pretty uh, important number in, in Freemasonry, but I kept thinking about what things that I used to do with my kids. I would say, so uh, what are three things that you could do to be, uh, to be better uh, at math? What three things can you do to be better uh, in cleaning up your room? Uh, those sorts of things. So, what were, what were their answers? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to write that down for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, they used to say, Dad, look, if, if you could hit one for three, you'd be in the major leagues. So, <laughs> so don't expect me to have three for three. Um, so this kind of led to this, this, this whole idea. We're all in this together. So uh, if we want to build something that's better, what are three things that we could do 
as individual contributors. And so there was, you know, a discussion about that. And, and, and when I actually gave the presentation, um, I, I created a, a response form. And so actually guys were writing in their answers that I collected them all and then eventually fed them all back again. So, so that's where, that's where this, this all came from. And, and when uh, Stephen and I were chatting a little while ago, it struck me that, you know, given these pandemic times that we're all going through, uh, maybe this is, maybe this is something that uh, we can get brethren to think about in terms of the circumstances that we're in right now. Um, what are, what are some things that you could do to uh, make the craft work a little better for all of us? We, you know, we're not able to, to meet each other face to face, um, you know, in, in uh, and I apologize, I'm, I'm, I'm not up to date on, on what's happening in Washington State, but uh, in British Columbia, we are not meeting in person uh, until further notice. And I, I'm giving the nod, so it's the same, it's the same in Washington. So, you know, in the absence of face-to-face uh, -face lodge meetings, uh, you know, it's, it's imperative that we stay connected as, as best we can to encourage each other to keep the, keep the craft as part of, our, part of our daily life, if you will. You know, we're able to connect as we are tonight uh, uh, online in, in a very useful, in a useful way. And, uh, and there's a variety of ways that we can do that. Uh, you know, and, and obviously the Working Tools podcast is probably one of the best ones around. So uh, we couldn't agree more. Thank you. Yes. Well, but you know, but personally, I need I need these connections to continue to be part of uh, part of my part of my life. Uh, interacting with brethren with our brethren um, I find reminds me of the obligations that I've taken as uh, as a Freemason the standard that I'm trying to live up to and and frequently uh, in communicating uh, with my brethren I realize where I've been haven't really been uh, reaching for the bar as well as I could have so you know, this is this is a way um, that that we we keep us connected as brothers because you know Freemasonry isn't uh, uh, you know it's a life to be lived, not a not a, uh, a set of formalities that you uh, trot out uh, once or twice a month when you step into the lodge room. You know, this is something that that uh, you know we need to do as part of our life. So. Uh, part of part of what I thought might be useful in the discussion for tonight is, given the pandemic times that we're in, the fact that we don't get to get together physically as a lodge, we don't get to open and close uh, our lodges. You know, the opening and closing reinforces the principles and tenets of Freemasonry. We're not able to conduct degrees. Um, so given that we're in these times, the three things questions come to mind for me. So, so here's the first question. This one's for you guys. So 
what are three things, now bearing in mind, we're in these pandemic times, what are three things that I need to do to become a better Freemason and better support my brethren? So it's what are be three a short things, show. What, what are three <laughs> also good already or because of? Well, we, we are already kind of doing that with the podcast for one. And th- this group is actually probably uh, a good group to ask that question because I know that David uh, is probably more involved in his um, jurisdiction than I am. And I'm pretty darn in- involved. And so Matt, he, he's pretty involved in his area. So we, we are guys that do a lot for our lodges and our, and our districts. Um, you know, like, uh, well, for example, the podcast. Um, David uh, got another fellow going in his jurisdiction who wanted to do an education like you're doing with Duke of Connaught. Um, and I think that the... Uh, uh, Oh, that that one there's kind of, we got, we got a list of things we we do a lot of good things that uh, uh, like picking up the phone phoning all the brethren in my lodge in my district um, during these times is really a special thing for a lot of those guys and uh, it's really nice to hear the their voices because uh, I haven't heard some of them in a while. Matt and I unmuted at the same time. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a draw. Rock Rochambeau. <laughs> you talked first. I, I would agree, Mike. Uh, Steve has said, sorry, I don't know where Mike came from. Steve said exactly the same things that I would agree with. And what, what I wrote down, though, was basically three points. I don't think it matters if you're in, in COVID or if you're in meeting together either. But what are three things I can do better as a Freemason to support my brethren? I can inquire, be inquisitive. I can learn absorb and ask questions and I can teach returning the favor. So be inquisitive, ask those questions, try to, why do we do things? Why are things happening? What, what, why does people get probably get bored of me? I keep saying I'm the new guy. I'm the new guy. I ask questions. I'm always going to ask questions and, and try and get people to help me understand why we do things, why things happen. I remember one time my mentor was past grandmaster and I felt silly later but i asked him i said that's a neat pin that you have what is that pin and it's the ot the past grandmaster's ot it's a kind of a squiggly line and i he he carefully and gently explained what it was had no didn't you know what didn't bother him at all later though i wanted to crawl under a rock because i thought i should know this kind of stuff i should know what the past grandmaster's symbol is and you know, when i was in the military you get a handbook right and you're if you didn't know what the general star meant you're doing push-ups so I felt a little bit, but then later I realized that there's so much and you can't learn it all in one day. And there isn't really a handbook of that kind of stuff. There's a handbook for other things. So inquiring and asking questions, I think is one of the most important things. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Jim, um, most wish brother Mendoza put a post on Facebook, uh, earlier this week. Um, I think something along the lines is when you reach, teach. You know, so once once you've accomplished something, and and you know, you alluded to that, uh, that uh, you know, how can I be a better Freemason? Well, I can teach those that that 
may not have the, ex- the same experience as me or may, may not uh, be attuned to something that I happen to know a lot about. And that's and, usually how you learn more. You learn the most usually when you're teaching somebody or teaching right. it again. You, you're reiterating what you think you know and you're refining what you actually know. And then you help somebody explore and then they become the inquirer. They become the learner and they're asking questions and you're going, oh, you know, I don't know about that. Let me go find out. And then you learn together. So I think that was one of the best experiences as deputy. People would ask you questions and go, I don't know. Let's go find out. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. You learn a lot when you're trying to investigate the answer because you actually have to pay attention and read those lines a lot more carefully to find out a meaning sometimes. And, you know, I really like that when when you reach, teach. Uh, But even better, when you haven't reached, find the teacher. Find the guy who has reached. Bring him in. You know, um, and, and uh, you know, when you get lucky, you find great educators that way. Not to keep dominating the mic here, but one of the other things that's has kind of frustrated me, and I, I believe it's a myth of masonry, a lot of times guys will, you'll, you'll finally get somebody that'll ask a question about, well, how do I become deputy or how do I become master? Or, how do I do this or how do I be on the committee or whatever? And then there's other guys that don't ask those questions and you find out through another angle that they're, that there's a myth that, they'll ask you when they're ready or they'll ask you when, when it's time. And I think that's one of the huge myths of masonry. If you don't say, Hey, I'm interested in youth. I'm interested in the cancer program. I'm interested in Masonic charities, or I'm interested in whatever being deputy. How is somebody going to know that you might have that interest? Maybe you don't have the skill. A lot of times we think we're looking for guys that have skills and abilities already that they can imply to their position, which is important. We don't want to have people that are totally ignorant of everything, but, but like me, but, uh, but some, if the interest is as important many times as actual knowledge, because a guy that's interested and wants to learn more, they're going to go and just like Steve said, they're going to go and learn more and find out the answers than somebody that thinks they know, and they're going to deliver their knowledge. So I, I can, I can become a better Freemason by, by expressing expressing an interest in, in different things and making inquiries. You know, the example, David, that, that you just gave about, um, well, you know, someday I'd like to be the master of lodge. What do I need to do? Um, so, yeah, I, I, very good point. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know as a new Freemason, I didn't say much of anything. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, um, one of the things that um, I found Remember I told you this, uh, guys, about when I, when I, uh, I opened the zip file and, and I was doing the six-step program and there was the mentorship program and I just never opened that other folder and there was so much stuff in there. In the beginning of our mentoring, our, that's one of the things that our mentors do now is explain to them the process of how one goes through the chairs and how one gets involved in Grand Lodge. And all these steps are, are now explained in our mentorship program in the first uh, first or second set of papers that, that they uh, um, use to bring out and educate them on things. So, I, you know, having, having that, uh, you know, one of the best things that, that uh, we could do in our area is opening up that file for the mentorship program and finding somebody to um, work it because... Um, it needs the dedication of one person uh, to, to keep pushing it forward, pushing it forward. It takes a team to deliver it, 
but it takes that dedication of one person to see it through. And, uh, but I think once you do, you'll find a lot of those things uh, are, are in there. And it's amazing what you find in there. Questions you never even thought to ask, right? Yeah. So, so maybe, uh, you know, as a past master, uh, how can I, uh, how can I be a better Freemason that maybe I can step up and be a mentor? Help yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. What about you, Matt? I feel like mine are, mine are not nearly as lofty as everyone else has been talking about. Uh, so the, the things I sort of came up with were a little more concrete. The, uh, my, my first thing I, I came up with was to learn, learn the second degree lecture. Uh, we, the guy who used to do it in our lodge passed away abruptly. And so we're, uh, we're without one currently in our lodge. It's, which is kind of how I got the third, started doing the third degree lecture. But if I, I figure if I can take some of this downtime and, and uh, learn something new here, I, I haven't done it yet. It's only been, what, six, seven months we've been doing this COVID thing. But uh, hopefully soon I, I will, uh, no, we will, I will work on that. Do you guys do, does you, the lecture when you're referring to that, you're talking about the pillars and, and the stairs? Exactly, yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you do the whole long thing together in your lodge? Yeah, in our, in our lodge, that lecture is broken into two because it's so long. Oh, nice. Right, but we're we're the ancient work; it's a little longer. Yeah, we actually have optional paragraphs. There's a there's a series where there's a paragraph and then an optional paragraph and a paragraph and an optional paragraph. But yeah, none of them were optional for us. <laughs> the old guy used to do all of it, so now I feel like I have to do all of it. But yeah, yeah, no, no good. What we found is uh, at least the first degree we've taken and broken into five parts, and it's maybe a page or so. Roughly of dialogue, and each person comes a different person will come up and deliver that next section. And it's actually interesting. I've surprised that some of the past masters I thought would have railed against it. They came up and said, Gosh, that was interesting. I actually paid attention and learned something new because it was from a different voice. It wasn't the same voice droning on for 25 minutes, it was five different people giving five different pitches and tones and their inflections, but it was the same material. So it was interesting. Do you have, uh, do you, do you, um, you guys have a record of how that was broken up into the different five sections? I did it. Of course. Yeah, I did you it. did it. So you still have a copy. <laughs> I'd love to see a copy of that. Cause, uh, there was a, there was a fellow in our jurisdiction, in our, uh, district, actually in the neighboring district, Gordon Cook Kickbush. And he did an incredible, uh, version of that lecture. And, uh, I'm, I was just, in awe. Now, you know how you, you, know, you go, that's the man I want to emulate. That's the kind of work I want to emulate. And nobody, nobody has, has done it anywhere close to how he can do that. So I think the idea of breaking it into five and making it uh, a little more interactive with the uh, room is a great idea. And I'd love it to get that. It could be four, five, that. six, whatever number. The number isn't so much important as just getting more participation. The other cool, mm. th there's a couple of cool things about it too that have come out of it. That one, if somebody can't be there that night, you're not reliant on that one person for the whole lecture. So somebody else could just fill in and read it if they need to, that section, that one of five or one of six parts. Or maybe they have it memorized. But the ultimate idea is that we do this for a period of time, which I think once we get back to regular business, we're going to have a lot of us are going to have lots of candidates to come through. So the idea is to everybody learns their part and then we shift apart and then shift again and shift again. And pretty soon four or five times, now we've got five or six people that know the whole first degree lecture. 
Excellent idea. I will. <laughs> years ago, when I was but a wee mason, the uh, we actually asked the we we made the foolish mistake of asking. I think is what it boils down to. We asked. I think it was our district deputy at the time, and he said he asked Grand Lodge, but I don't know. It was it was years ago, and uh, we were told in no uncertain terms that we were not allowed to do that, and one person had to deliver the entire lecture, and we were naughty for even thinking it. So that's interesting. I, I guess times have changed. Well, in our, in our I area, ask, I didn't ask either. <laughs> exactly. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission, right? Yeah. It's more looked on as a rite of passage in our area. Um, you go from the junior deacon and do the pillars and then the senior deacon does the, uh, the winding stairs. Um, and it, 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 they're proving themselves to the lodge to go into the principal officer's chairs. Right. So, and that's what I, that's what I want to get to. I want to get to where our stewards and marshal or other other members are doing some of this kind of stuff too, and they don't feel like they have to memorize this twenty page lecture, and they can it's just one page. Just all I have to do is memorize one page. It's five minutes, and they might yep. feel more comfortable. Yeah, so we've gotten away from the most important topic here, which is me. So, <laughs> so. Uh, my second thought, thing that I came up with was, which goes hand in hand with the secondary lecture, is to procrastinate a little less. Uh, I've been I've been asked to do a couple of big projects that are laying around here, uh, one for Grand Lodge and one for our lodge, and and they're still woefully unfinished, shall we say? And uh, procrastinating a little less would be a, a a plus in that department. And sort of the third thing that I came up with was a uh, this is. This is going to sound unmasonic on some level, but I don't love all of my brothers equally. And I think that's, that's probably not uncommon. My dog just walked in the room here. Uh, probably not uncommon. That someone's shooting off fireworks for the Seahawks game. So um, probably not uncommon that we, you know, we like, we just sort of click with some guys better than others. And, and so we're just sort of naturally more drawn to them. And I would like to make it as a personal goal to interact with the guys with whom I don't get along as well, more and better. Not to try and, and I don't know what the word is, shirk that, that part of my brotherhood there that, that I should be engaging in. Because I, you know, you, you don't really get along with somebody. You kind of, you know, well, he's over there. I just want to associate with. And that's not the right attitude to have in a, in a brotherhood, right? So. That's, that's the third thing I came up with for, for my personal Masonic growth. And one of the things we did at, during my year as master, we had the shrink the lodge concept where we got together at the secretary's desk after we went to refreshment. And I, I had the, some of the guys do a who am I session. So they had a little answer five questions about themselves. You know, where, where were they born? Where were they, what kind of work do they do? How do they get into masonry? And it was so interesting to find out some of the things about people that we didn't know and so that, that could be an in for you or other people to suggest to say, in my mind, I've got three or five questions, kind of like the, the icebreakers they do at corporate retreats and stuff that are so awkward. But if you did it as a brother and you're, you, know, you say, hey, I've got three things I want to find out about this, this guy that I don't like. <laughs> and I, do, I guess I do it subconsciously, same, same kind of idea. But you go and you ask them questions. Hey, how, where did you come from? Or how did you become a Mason? We, we do that on the show. So who's Barry, right? We, you know, who's, who's the guest? How do they get to where they are? Find out about them. And then you can find that seed of, in sales, it's the seed of equal or greater benefit. How did, how did you, how, what, how do you know each other? 
and how can you tie together so that you can build that relationship? I mean, certainly one of the, you know, one of the things that we have in the craft is, is, uh, you know, we've, we've all come together uh, perhaps for different reasons, but we all have the same destination in mind. And, uh, uh, you know, how, how can we better, how can we better get to the place we all want to be? So, you know, I just, it's, it's interesting, uh, Matt, because we're all, we're all, we're all subject to human nature and, uh, Freemasonry is pretty powerful, uh, pretty foul, pretty powerful experience, but it doesn't overcome human nature. So, uh, you know, when you were talking about that, I, I was thinking about a few guys that are in my lodge that I, I think I could probably reach out to as well, you know? Yep. Well, you know, this, this experience of phoning and keeping in touch with all the brethren through uh, COVID has actually forced me to have a couple of those conversations with brothers and make conversation, uh, whereas I really had no idea what to say. So I I did what we do in the in the carpooling back and forth, just asked a couple of questions about you know his family and you know uh, and you know he's the guy talking about his family. He'll talk for a while, and you learn a lot. Everybody likes to talk about themselves. That's for sure. I mean, Matt just proved a little while ago. So, <laughs> so I'm sure Stephen knows this, and Barry, your background exactly. But the, the old sales strategy, Ford or Form, if you ask about F O R D or F O R M, family, occupation, recreation, and M used to be message. You know, if you're in sales, you want to deliver some kind of sales message. Or, but D could be dreams. What, what's if you could do anything you want, what would you be doing? Right, so that's it's an, easy, it's an easy way to remember four quick questions. Oh, hey, are you you know are you married? Do you have kids? Oh, what do you do for work? Occupation, recreation. What do you, when you're not working, what do you like to do? And then that, that dreams. If you didn't have to work, if you could live anywhere, be anywhere, what would you what were, what would you be doing? Where would you be living? That's I, I hadn't heard that before, but I, I I've radly scrambled uh, scribbled it all down, and uh, I will take credit for it uh, on another forum later. <laughs> you only have to give me credit once, and then it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the 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 other thing when you guys are talking about this, I've been jotting a couple of th- thoughts down here, and and um, you know one of the things that most brethren don't realize that uh, virtually everyone in the lodge is viewed as a role model for somebody else. You know, even, even the, you know, the, your newest brother who, who may not know anyone uh, will find somebody that he wants to pattern after. Uh, Stephen, you alluded to that earlier as well. Uh, but it's, it's amazing. I have noticed this and I've talked to older guys in Lodge who say, you know, I really, really admire a lot of these, young guys coming into the lodge. They, they really, they know a lot more about life and Freemasonry than I did when I came in, you know, and you can see, you can see it kind of swinging in both directions. So, you know, be a better, better to be a better Freemason, realize the fact that you're probably a role model for somebody else in the lodge. And certainly if you're a brother living your life uh, as a Freemason every day, you are a role model for others because people will be noticing, be noticing that. Yeah, most definitely. And, and, you know, one of the things that I do in, in our lodge, uh, is, um, after a degree or things like that, uh, the new candidate or the new uh, members, 
I, I, I encourage them. I tell them if, if there was a part that you really connected with tonight, uh, go up to the brother who did that part. You know, ask him. Uh, you know, if there was you know um, an opportunity to <clears throat> learn his part, or you know, would he ever consider giving it up? Would he ever consider coaching someone on how to do his part? Um, things like that. And it has caused uh, a lot of guys to come out of their shell and just go right up to the guy that they, you know, they, they were impressed with something and, and asked them outright. And, um, you know, some parts in, in Blue Lodge, you know, they're, they're office parts and you can't change that. But, um, you know, when, when it comes to lectures and other things, there's other, you know, many other things you can do. And uh, that, that's one of the best ways. Ask. Well, you know, and another thought, Matt, you had three things and, and you gave three things, so I hope I'm not cutting you off. But uh, the other thought uh, that came to mind listening to Brethren is um, as, a, as, a, as a Freemason, I, could, I can contribute more to my lodge um, as a sponsor. And so um, one of the greatest worries that I've had in the, in the pandemic, the fact that we're not getting together face-to-face um, -face is some guys might kind of get out of the, I don't want to say the habit, but, but you know, you don't, you don't see your brothers for a while. You might not get online, uh, this, that, and the other. and Break routine. Yeah, and um, you, you kind of drift away if you will. So if, if a brother's not, uh, you don't hear from them, if, the, if you've got uh, a call out system or if, you know, if you're having zoom meetings and guys aren't coming on to the zoom meetings, uh, the sponsor, that brother's sponsor should, should be, should be following up. Um, and, you know, the reason feel I'm kind of, uh, you know, a, a, a bit concerned about this is that this is this has been happening. Uh, it's been happening in the Dukes. There's, you know, we've got we've got about fifty brothers in our lodge, and when we're having these Zoom meetings, we're getting uh, fifteen or twenty, which is which is not bad, but it's generally the same fifteen or twenty. So there's another 30, 30 brothers that aren't connecting. Some of them maybe you know they just they don't do online. Uh, who knows? But we've uh, been talking to the master. I said, should we follow up with the sponsors? Let's find out what's going on with these guys. Maybe, uh, maybe you know they've had enough. That's that's it. Uh, you know nobody's called me uh, for three months. Um, uh, clearly the lodge doesn't care about me. I'm I'm out the door. Um, so. You know, as a, as a uh, as an individual Freemason, if I'm a sponsor, I can certainly I can certainly add a lot of value to the lodge if I exercise that responsibility. I think. Yeah, I agree. Having that 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 some sort of formal connection there that uh, helps you to know who to. You know, if you know that Steve sponsored David in the lodge, you can go, "Hey, Steve, what's a what happened to what happened to David anyway? A, he's wandered off and gone had surgery again." But. <laughs> Um, so on that note, uh, it's about time that we, we wrap up this evening's uh, discussion, the, uh, which I think just sort of became three things to make us a better Freemason, which 
actually, I now realize three of us answered that question, but I guess the privilege of having most worshipful in front of your name is that maybe you get to ask the questions, but uh, um, <laughs> unfortunately we're, we're, uh, we're running out of time, but the, um, I'd like to thank uh, most worship brother Barry on behalf of, of uh, David and Steve and myself for coming out this evening and discussing uh, three things that we need to do to be better Masons and tune in next week where we will probably be discussing three things that my lodge needs to do better to, uh, to serve its membership. So thank you most worshipful sir for coming out this evening. Thank you for the invitation and good night. <laughs>